A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Our weekly agenda includes addressing some audience questions and taking on a few issues from the internet. But first, time for the daily stand-up. I simply cannot wait. It's been a full week since, basically since we've talked. So oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so excited to catch up and see what the fuck the great Franklin has been doing. Well, we can talk about what I've been doing, Derek, or we can talk about far more interesting and weighty topics. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not, not to point out the elephant in the room, but there's not a whole lot of weightier topics than the two of us, to be honest. Well, recently a Minnesota man got pulled over for distracted driving. Okay. This gentleman was driving with a 250-pound pig on his lap. <laughs> was, was he letting the pig drive? The the reason he was swerving was because the pig was trying to drive. <laughs> okay. Um. See, he was moving across state, and apparently he did not want his, his precious piggy to get cold riding in the back. So he had the piggy riding in the truck cab with him. I mean, that that's practical. Like, like I, I get it. I'm not saying that I'd necessarily want a... I mean, a, a large human-sized pig riding in my lap, but, I mean, <laughs> I admire his dedication to, to keeping his pork nice and warm. Yeah, it's good not to have cold pork. Better to have pulled pork. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely true. So this guy gets pulled over for, for swerving because the piggy is trying to drive. Now the question is, was he letting it drive, or was the piggy being like, this ain't so hard, let me take a stab at it? I mean, I'm thinking it's like that, uh, what was it, the Geico commercial? Uh-huh. <laughs> Except this time the pig was like, move over, let me try. <laughs> it's like, Jim, you keep going outside the lines, I'm going to have to take over for a minute. Reports suggest that the man said that the pig was bumping up against the steering wheel, and that's why he was swerving all over the road, enough that he got pulled over by the cops, mind you. I mean, a 250-pound pig, I would assume, is... I I'm surprised that, that both him and the pig could fit in the same seat. That like, not does seem... It does seem <laughs> a little difficult. There is, however, a picture, and... Uh, it, it is, in fact, difficult for him and the pig to both be in the seat at the same time. So uh, my question is, why couldn't the pig just ride in the passenger seat? Like, I know he's close with his pig, but, like, I'm close with my wife, and she doesn't... <laughs> we don't share the same seat while I'm driving, so why couldn't he just let it sit in the uh, the passenger seat or maybe the back seat? What about your pleasant-tempered and lovely little dog, Derek? Uh-huh. Do you sometimes let your dog get up into the front seat with you? No, I don't. No? But, but that, that, is a, that is honestly uh, where my, you know, my wife and I and a lot of other dog owners differentiate ourselves uh, because we, we have never let our dog ride... Uh, all willy-nilly in the cab. Like, she has always been in a a pet carrier in the back because, like, for this, I mean, it's, and it's not funny. Like, it's not a funny reason. It's just that, like, if you have, <laughs> if you have a baby in your arms and you get in a car wreck, that baby is going to, like, splat on the windshield. Same thing with a dog. 
So like, you got to keep it in a pet pet taxi in the so back seat. It's out of it concern for your precious doggy that you don't let your dog, you know, absolutely hang their head out the window or anything. Correct. You're a responsible pet owner. I bet you'd be a much more responsible <laughs> pig owner than this jackass in Min- Minneapolis. I I hope that I would be. Uh, just based on the the secondhand account of this this whole incident, I do believe I would be a better pig owner. Um, I mean, <laughs> a pig that size, it's got to be like pretty close to like outgrowing a booster seat or outgrowing a car seat. I mean, this so, this pig has definitely outgrown a car seat. This is <laughs> I don't think you could get a pet taxi for something that this is like. This is. A full-grown human being-sized animal. I think you just have to teach it to sit and wear a seatbelt like people do. I mean, pigs are smart. I could totally see a pig learning to, maybe not learning to buckle its seatbelt. Like, that may require some assistance. But, like, learning to, like, sit upright and not, I mean... I imagine that after you like sat them upright and got them in the the seatbelt, I imagine they they'd have a hard time like moving too awful much. So like perfect. Like like that's what you want. Like you want <laughs> you want your bacon well and truly secured before you move the motor vehicle. Keep all pork products inside the vehicle while in motion. You can't tell me what to do with my wieners while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's a completely different subject. <laughs> Speaking of completely different subject. Uh-huh. I recently found out I, I can't eat pork anymore, Derek. I didn't convert to like one of the several religions that don't allow it. Uh-huh. Why? Why? I mean, this is devastating news, Frank. I know. Because we make, we make a lot of jokes. I mean, in the past five minutes, we made a lot of jokes about consuming pork products. I'm so, I'm mourning for the Kaneka sausage most of all. Like <laughs> you you have you have talked about the the Kaneka sausage far more than any normal person I've known. So I have do you feel eaten this the Kaneka sausage, loss. Derek. Not recently, but I have in the past, and they're okay. they're amazing. Yeah, no, I, mean, I I found out relatively recently that uh, pork apparently causes me to break out in hives. Which is a new development. Oh. I was about to say that like like that seems like something that you would have figured out before. Yeah, no, this is this is new. This is not something that is recent. This is this is apparently a gift for as I turn forty and shit just stops working correctly. <laughs> so it okay, so l- let's take this in steps. So first of all, uh does that include bacon? Oh yeah, as far as I can as far as I can tell it includes all pork products. I I haven't so, done completely exhaustive testing yet. <laughs> just just an EpiPen and just a plate full of pork products. <laughs> just like It's like okay, if my hives get worse, we'll mark it down and if I stop breathing just shoot me with an injection of the EpiPen. And well, we'll I can't going. I can't handle sulfur heavy, you know, the the family of onions and garlic. I forget mm-hmm. offhand what the the plant family is. Right, which this is known. Like this is something we've talked about before. Yeah, it's a, it gives me a migraine, and I know that I can have exactly six Doritos. <laughs> the seventh Dorito is a bad time, and I know this because of exhaustive testing, Derek. I had a really really <laughs> rough week. Uh huh. Because I I made the correlation in college. When full-size bags of Doritos were on sale for like 50 cents once. Uh-huh. And I bought a lot of Doritos. Right. And I got a migraine. And then the next day I got a migraine. And I'm sitting there <laughs> stuffing Doritos in my face <laughs> in my apartment filled to the brim with bags and bags of Doritos. And I go, wait a minute. I don't usually get migraines, but I have gotten them three days running now. Perhaps. And I look down and I go, no, not you. <laughs> not this. Not, not this. like this. Oh, my precious Dorito. Oh. And, mm. and I wasn't going to waste my 50 cent bags of Doritos, Derek. 
So uh-huh. it then became something of a scientific study. I went on a journey that week, and I kept cutting back the numbers of Doritos that I ate until finally I settled on I can eat six Doritos without getting a migraine. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine that the experiments were quite, uh, quite controlled, you know, um, very scientific, where you started at like, what, what did you start with? Like One bag. Thir- one, one bag, okay, which I would estimate has 90 Doritos. I mean, I think that that's probably at the very close. least. Uh, so you whittled it down from ninety. Did you like? Uh, did you like go by halves? Like, okay, first is like a full bag, then it's a half bag, then a quarter bag, and do it that way. Yep. Yeah. I I I did it that way just to you know I didn't have that you many days. I didn't know I didn't know how long I could keep it up before I just died. <laughs> because. You're, you you have you make a good point because the migraines are secondary to like cardiac failure by Dorito overload. Yeah, so. I mean if they if they had come into my apartment and just saw like fifty bags of Doritos <laughs> emptied and my dead ass on the floor, they'd have been like, <laughs> "It was expected, and he deserved it." We uh, Johnson, write down suicide by Dorito, <laughs> death by misadventure. <laughs> Okay, but now so, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to run these same tests with bacon. I don't know yet if it's one strip. See, this is so concerning. Um, so so okay. Obviously, not having bacon again is not something I want to dwell on. Like that is not a world <laughs> in which Derek Lewis would want to live. Uh, but that begs the question of: Is this only going to be? pork products or do you think this is going to slowly extend into other meat products it it kind of runs in my family so i i've had conversations with people in my in my relation group and it is some of my uncles have had problems with pork products and, and it, it did not extend products. to other things yeah it just oh, stayed with thank pork. god oh i Man. don't I don't know if I could like I'm on keto, Derek. <laughs> I've Which, I've now I've now neatly excised a good one third of my diet. Uh-huh. Cause I, I found mean, this you, out while I was eating pork rinds. You know, keto chips. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting I, there I crunching on some 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 pork rinds and getting itchy, and I'm sitting there driving along eating pork rinds and getting itchier and getting itchier. And finally, I looked down and I went, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I mean, because, yeah, you've already cut out the breads, which leaves you vegetables and meat. And then then to cut out meat. Frank, I'm sorry, but that would mean that you would have to be vegetarian. If I become a vegetarian, Derek. I'll put two in you just like you asked me. Thank you. You're a true friend, Derek. In that contract that we signed when we became friends, you you put down if I become a vegetarian, you you need to take me out back and uh <laughs> just put two in me. And I I I kept my weapons just so that I could. So It's just like in the zombie film, man. Once I get bit, I'll thank you for it. <laughs> I was thinking I mean, I was going for more old yeller, but you know what? Whatever. I guess they they are are of similar contexts. <sighs> Although with Old Yeller, he got bit like defending uh, the boy. So I don't think you'd I don't think you'd fight a raccoon for me, just to be honest. But want to get to an audience question, Derek? Sure. I work in an office building that houses dozens of companies, and we all share the several sets of bathrooms throughout the building. This generally leads to what I would consider a higher than average rate of toilet criminals. Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. try to survive in spite of it. I typically have an unswerving get in, get done, get out mentality when it comes to these shared restrooms. <laughs> but today put my resolve to the test. Behind one of the toilets lay a single shiny quarter. <laughs> 
I didn't see who was the last person to use the stall, so I have no clue who it belongs to. There was no water or detritus near it, so it could possibly be salvaged. And I don't think I've ever in my life seen a quarter on the ground and not picked it up. I was so shaken by the abandoned currency that I finished my business and left the stall without retrieving it. But now that shiny toilet quarter is all I can think about. Did I do the right thing and leave it alone? Or am I being fiscally irresponsible by not at least attempting to clean it and use it as legal tender? I am stuck in a purgatory between frugality and sterility. Please help. <laughs> Debating dirty money in Denver. Oh, no. This is the saddest thing I've ever heard, Derek. Um, I mean, to address one of the questions in there, like, did you do the right thing? Yes. Leaving the quarter there, I think, I, I mean, I'll go out on a limb here and, and, you know, plant my flag in the ground and say that, yes, leaving the quarter where it was, was the correct thing to do. What do you think? I agree. Brent? I agree. Okay. No, there's, okay. I would see the quarter there and I'd be like, it's a shame that that quarter is going to stay there <laughs> For until eternity. the world ends. When the, the, the civilization that, that comes after ours unearths our, <laughs> our <laughs> dirty toilets, uh, they will see that quarter sitting there and, and wonder. I mean, this does raise a question, though, Derek. It's an age-old question. Which is? How much money would it have to be? Let's not play this game. Oh, my God. I've already put the question to you, Derek. You have to answer. <laughs> so the problem is, like, like just as soon as you said it, like, so before you said the question, I was like, a quarter, no way. Like, if it's on the ground, full stop. Don't touch it. But then you, you pose the question of how much, and, like, in my mind, I quickly realized that it falls apart uh, rapidly because... To be honest, if it was like five dollars and above, I think I'm in. Like, <laughs> you dirty boy. I don't, and that's the honest answer for me. Like, you filth beast. Because, because if it's five dollars, Derek, you know what that means. What does that mean? It's not metal. It's cloth. I I understand that, Frank. But like our money and our our paper money in circulation has already like been in so many like G strings and like gross places already just being in someone's hand is, is enough that like it being on the, on the bathroom floor, like free of water and detritus for, <laughs> I assume a few minutes. I don't think that's doing too much more damage than was already done. The so, only reason our society, the only reason that civilization itself can exist is that we all have the shared illusion that our money is not completely covered in poo-poo. <laughs> which it, which it, it is. Um, it's not, not, not Derek. The... We have to believe that it's not. Okay, okay. It's like will... Santa in the Easter Bunny. <laughs> we just have to keep you. believing. I will live with you in this, this wonderful fantasy that you have created for yourself. But... Uh, Okay, so so Frank, same question back to you. How much money would have to be on the ground in order for you to I would I would dare say to abandon all of your sterile principles and touch that money. <clears throat> and be honest, I was honest. Like I I feel ashamed of my answer, but it was the truth. I mean, this is a difficult qu this is a moral quandary. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Solomon and the baby, Derek. <laughs> it's hard because then you start thinking about it like in like what what I thought about it first when when you said quarter was like, well that's like 20% of a bag of chips. Like that's not I mean, I'm not going to bend down for one one 20, you know, one fifth of a bag of chips. But like when you're talking four or five bags of chips, suddenly it starts to have a whole new ring to it. And God forbid, 
20 bags of chips worth of currency lying on the ground. A hundred bags of chips. Um, See, these things mean nothing to me, Derek, for I cannot have <laughs> chips. So okay. you can you can have some chips. Your chips some are chips. as ashes in my mouth. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, bags of pork rinds. Wait. <laughs> I can't believe that you did that, Derek. <laughs> I'm sorry, and it's so fresh too. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, pluck um, thy knife from my back. <laughs> okay. Um, bags of Skittles. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Now you see, now you see the dilemma that I have, Derek. This is my life. Uh, Welcome to my life. Okay. So we have, we have devolved to, uh, you, your choices in the vending machine are, uh, salted peanuts and possibly those little bags of Lynx beef jerky, which... Wow. I mean, macros on the beef jerky aren't real great either. I'm just going to tell you, there's a whole lot of sugar in that shit. Hmm. Yeah, we're, okay. we're down mostly to, I, I subsist on salted peanuts and specialty <laughs> foods. You want to know what my chips are, Derek? What Wait. I'm reduced to? What is that? Seaweed. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fried seaweed chips. They're a thing. Uh, so- They're apparently popular in Korea and my house. That's the only two places on the planet that they're popular. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you've told me a little bit about these, these seaweed chips before and about the kale chips that you also had, had talked about. And I will have you know that I, I went and bought me some of those kale chips. And you're a lying motherfucker because those things are disgusting. They are, they are nigh inedible. They oh, are. They're, they're pretty good when you compare them to the seaweed chip, Derek. <laughs> All right. Okay. Me who has the ability to consume more than three categories of foods, I, you know, it, it, I was poo-pooing on it, but from your perspective, I can see that you didn't lie to me. You were just misinformed and that's fine. Next time I'll give you some of these good seaweed chips. You and I can enjoy them together. I do like sushi. So I think I could stomach a few of them. Not going to say they're going to beat the, uh, Beat the Fritos. Um, all right, even, so we ha- even my like Koreanophile friends are like, no, that's okay. That's gross, <laughs> that's man. Too much. Okay, uh, so we have distracted for quite some time, Frank. I was hoping that. Need- oh, look, it's time for <laughs> was, time no, for no, an no, issue no, from no, the internet. Nope, 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 yep. nope. You will not be escaping this one. Uh, I have allowed this this divergence for a time, but now the time has come where you must <sighs> answer. How much money would you pick up? How much money would it take you to pick up currency off the bathroom floor? The only way this works for me, Derek, is if, if I can believe in a supernatural being that makes all the money clean. It's the same being that makes our society function. It's Ben Bailey from Cash Cab. He cleans all the cash. Sure. And if if Ben Bailey comes down, <laughs> it's gonna have to be a twenty, man. It's gonna twenty. It's gonna be a twenty. I don't. I don't think I could like a five. I would. I would side eye it, and I'd be like, mm, somebody will pick that up. I don't have to. I my largesse allows me to say, the next guy, he right. can have that five dollars. Right. Ten dollars. I look at it and I go, mm, "That's that's spending money." I could I could right. use ten dollars right now. I know where ten dollars right. would serve me today. Absolutely. But is it worth? <laughs> is it worth the toilet floor? Not just the toilet floor, like behind the toilet. I've got to. Right. I've got to get in close to the toilet, Derek. Is the <laughs> that, thing that honestly was the most like like uh, gag inducing thing for me. Not not that it was on the floor, which is. Which is bad. No, no second guessing about that. Like that is bad. But the fact that to get it, uh, you would have to lean close to the, <laughs> to the throne, and that is not something that I that I enjoy doing very often. If I, ever, I do not bend all. my knee to the throne, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. twenty dollars. I just I even me even I I am but a man. <laughs> If you, I, you prick know, honestly, me, do I not bleed? 
I think that is honestly probably the the, the point at which anyone, with the exception of the most germ, germophobic, would like would flip from one camp to the other because like you know ones fives tens that that's that's fine that's small money but when you're talking about a twenty I think everybody has a certain reverence for Andrew Jackson that uh, it is Andrew Jackson right. I'm poor, I Derek. Mean, it, I don't know. I don't get to see 20s very often. <laughs> <laughs> Hence your fascination for them. Uh, who is on the $20 bill? Andrew Jackson. Yes, Andrew one. Jackson. That's correct, Derek. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you, Frank. <laughs> no, you're going to leave in me not, not being certain so that you don't look like a genius. That's... Uh, <laughs> Fucking so, killing me, Frank. It's almost like I know how editing works. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So for me, it's five. For you, it's 20. So for this person, is there anything, is there any justification whatsoever uh, for picking up that quarter? Like, I, I feel no. I feel like no. I think I think they can move forward through the world with a clean conscience. They like different amounts of money. Mean different things to different people, but this at the same true. time, poo poo fingers, <laughs> poo free fingers. I would say, yeah, are like, worth are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, uh, and and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame anybody for looking at the toilet quarter and going, nah, the next guy because, can have it. Yeah, because they're not they're not. Um, I was about to say they're not they're not poo pooing on a quarter. Uh, somebody else did that for them. Uh, they're not they're not passing on a quarter. You know that was just clean and and whatnot. So it's not they're not passing on the money. They're passing on you know it, it is a it is a germ to 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 or germ to income ratio. <laughs> That, that, that just, makes a lot of sense when you think about it. There's yeah, germ, a germ to, to income, income ratio. <laughs> and it's a different value. set point for different people. And that's okay. Yeah, germ germ to value kinds. ratio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's God. get to an issue from the internet, Derek. That's, that's good. You know, honestly, I feel like we could go on for a long, long time on this particular issue. Uh, but it is best that we move on. All right, this issue is entitled Avoiding Morning and Evening Handshakes by Eugene A. I work in an open space office at the moment with about 30 people on the same floor. I tend to arrive early and leave late, thus flocks of arriving and leaving people are zooming past me in both the morning and the evening. Each considers it customary to stop by and shake my hand, regardless if I put on my headphones or not. Not that I am socially awkward, but getting pulled out of quote unquote the flow by turning my head and shaking a hand each time is detrimental for my concentration, which is regrettably not one of my strengths to begin with. I would much rather shake hands on my own with a much smaller pool of local folks. Where the fuck does this guy work? <laughs> Why do you ask that? Like, I, <laughs> I don't even think it's co like, I don't know. Where is it common that everybody shakes hands with people who are sitting at fucking desks on their way out of work? Like now I'm not, I'm not all, this is not all coming from like, like U S only boards. So it's very, very possible. This could be from like a Europe or an, you know, an Asian country. So there's lots of cultures around the world oh, that I... value interaction more than we do yeah i i get that i get that it might be but that seems like it would just take forever <laughs> it really does when i read the question i was like god damn does this guy get any work done because he's spending his entire day shaking hands i mean i i think if i timed it right i wouldn't ever have to do anything i would just <laughs> arrive late enough that i spend most of the day shaking the hands of everyone in the office one by one uh -huh. Get to my desk, look at the clock, go, well, I guess I better start back, and then shake everyone's <laughs> hand again as I make my way out of the office. Exactly. In time to be like, it's 5 p.m., time to head home. Thinking about it, like like 30 people on the floor, 
in the morning and in the evening. That is 60 handshakes a day. Like, I don't think I, I've given 60 handshakes in a day in, you know, I don't know, ever. <laughs> I get blisters. <laughs> I have delicate hands, Derek. Delicate, delicate hands with, with delicate skin. Yeah, I, I I could see that being a very irritating thing to to keep up because it will, and, and he says a handshake. What do you want to guess that it's not just like one single handshake and they're satisfied? Like most of the time when I shake a hand, it comes with some modicum of small talk. Oh so, yeah, you've got to say something like, you know, have a great night, see you next weekend, well, you know, whatever it is, how like oh, good my morning. God. Oh my god. This would be this would be horrendous. Because like like you said, you you have to come up with a little personalized greeting or salutation to every single person. And you can't use the same one twice. Like it's kind of like, you know, kind of like password expirations. You can't use the last 5. Like you have to have Oh my god, this is getting immense. So you have to have 60 different salutations and five different variations on each one. So you have to have 300 discrete salutations or greetings and salutations combinations. Oh my God. No wonder this guy has no time to do anything. He's you have just to coming move. Up. Yeah. You, you have like, I, I don't think we can solve this problem in this office. You have to get out of this culture. You have to change your name, learn a new language. <laughs> Move I mean, to Molly or something. There, yeah, because there, there's no stopping this. Like, there's no moving because it's already a pattern. So if you just move to a different part of the floor or a different floor, people will come find you. So you're right. Like, this is witness protection. Uh, yeah, witness protection level of needing to get out of there. The oh only other goodness. thing I can think of is you just have to, you're going to have to feign leprosy. <laughs> You're going to have to get a sign and just, and say, leper. (laughs) I, I, so this may be a way to combine your, uh, your job with your passion. And hopefully your passion is special effects makeup because, uh, because you will at the beginning of every day have to put on a little bit of makeup, um, to make it look like you have leprosy and, I I don't know many lepers. Like, let's put that out there. But I feel like leprosy does get worse. So it's, I feel in the modern age, I think it's mostly been cured. It just I think you're gonna have to say that you have the 1918 influenza. <laughs> Specifically, the 1918 one. Yeah, that one was one of the most devastating diseases to hit the planet. And is it actually different than the one we have now? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I guess it would be because of like evolution of, of illnesses and stuff. But I mean, was that one especially violent or did we just not have anything to deal with it? Uh, that one specifically caused uh, chain reactions in healthy adults and uh, their immune systems over responded. And okay. so it actually it, it tended to kill uh, the healthiest people more than it did like people whose immune systems weren't quite as up to snuff. Hmm. Welcome to my world, Derek. Where you just, these things are, they're in here, and I, I can't help, they just pop out sometimes. <laughs> I get it. So so here's, so I, I like the plan of going with something vague and very specific. Now, the only, the only concern that I have is justifying why you got it. Now, um, once again, like, this is not just a simple, like, this, this answer covers everything, or this comes without some caveat. Uh, for this answer, you will have to become an aficionado of baseball memorabilia because you can say that you have, uh, you have on eBay purchased or recently purchased the, the last baseball that Babe Ruth ever coughed on (laughs) 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 and it has preserved perfectly preserved because you had it, had it in that little glass container. Uh, it perfectly preserved the influenza. Uh, that it carried. And I mean, of course, whenever you get some more, some new baseball memorabilia, you have to lick it. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, that's that's, how you know it's authentic. Yeah. 
Rocks so, and gold and baseballs. Uh, you have to lick each one of those to determine their provenance. Absolutely. Um, and so, lo and behold, here comes the 1918 influenza, um, which, by my count, <laughs> just reached its centennial, which means that it's nice and ripe. And so that 101-year-old virus... The time is nigh. Exactly. It's been lying in wait. So um, you, your desk now becomes kind of like an, uh, an exhibit at the zoo. You have a little plaque in front of it that says, please don't touch me. I have the 1918 influenza. I think, um, I think we can combine all of these things okay. into something simple and topical, Derek. Uh-huh. Just get a sign for your desk that says anti-vaxxer. <laughs> okay so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say somebody that bought a baseball from 1918 specifically because somebody coughed on it and then licked it to contract a virus that is less stupid than being an anti-vaxxer <laughs> i would rather people believe that i i was just slobbering all over my baseball memorabilia my priceless memorabilia I uh, would rather them think that than that I was anti-vax. <laughs> we got to risk these things sometimes, I guess, Derek. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against like a, a declaration of that sort. I just think it, it says too much. Like <laughs> it, it, it implies that you are, that you are immune to facts and information and science. And that's not a good look. Like, it will pe- make people leave you alone, uh, but I don't think they'd enjoy being your coworker much, which, you know, I guess it's not always the worst thing. We have, we have been trying to, to, you know, tell many people how to get out of social interactions. I will say you're not allowed to be an anti-vaxxer. You just have to say you are. Nobody's. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is, this is a, a mask one puts on. This is. A persona they adopt. I'm still going with the licking the ba- the Babe Ruth ba- blah licking the Babe Ruth blah. Jesus Christ! I no matter how many times I try, I will not be able to say licking the Babe Ruth baseball. We've come we up go. with a tongue twister. That's not what we set out to do, but happy accidents. All right, <laughs> want to get to a question? The people in my office have an obsession with pulling pranks on each other. Mm-mm. Nobody can leave their computer undefended and unlocked, or within seconds of them stepping away, their account will be spammed out into team-wide chat about their love of sniffing farts or eating <laughs> boogers. <laughs> Seriously, these folks are adults with adult jobs and the sense of humor of a 13-year-old middle schooler. It gets tiring having to check and recheck every time I get up from my desk to make sure my screen is locked. Heaven forbid anybody take a vacation, they're pretty much guaranteed to come back to all of their desk items wrapped in plastic. Oh. What do I do to stem the tide of churlish childishness from fed up and fountainhead? Oh my goodness. I mean, my my first instinct, uh, or my first inclination after hearing that question is to... The things that they say whenever they have found your computer uh, unlocked and decide to, to spam group chat. The fact that it is about farts and boogers. Um, <laughs> I think it says a lot about, about them personally and their, the level of childishness to which they stoop. I'm, I'm wondering how do they know they're actually working with adults? <laughs> what if, what if everyone in this office, except for our listener, is actually a middle schooler pretending to be an adult with an adult job. Uh, that could possibly explain um, sanitation problems. Why everyone um, is so short. Uh-huh. Which, not a complaint that I hear often, but I, I understand of someone with someone of your stature, it's a much more common complaint. Um, maybe why all the juice boxes are being stolen from the fridge. Does everyone in your office have acne? Um, Does your boss's voice keep cracking? (laughs) 
see mine mine i think were were kind of uh it kind of definitely points toward childishness yours i, I i'm i'm concerned about the voice cracking thing because like i know a lot of nerdy guys that that have that that voice crack still and i don't know maybe i've been guessing wrong maybe they are actually just perpetually trapped 15 year olds that would explain some other things see everybody watched doogie hauser in the what was it early 90s late 80s whenever it back then yeah everyone knows about doogie hauser and they decided they needed to get in on that action but not everybody could be a doctor some right. of us have lower <laughs> lower aspirations some of us just want to be middle management i was about to say like like, I know I can't be a doctor, so let's just shoot for, like, middle manager at the DMV and see how far we get. <laughs> um, shoot for the stars, kids. <laughs> I mean, that that's not a bad idea. I mean, that'll that'll train you in a lot of things pretty quickly. Um, how to be dissatisfied with your job, which is a, an important skill, um, all things considered. <sighs> okay, so if they, if all their fellow co-workers are indeed actual children then what i mean you know there there's what can you do like there's the threat of cooties which you know definitely yeah. an important threat it's it's a little similar i think to our last answer i don't know if we can go right. with it but i think a sign that just says cooties put up outside of your desk might help and, you know, cooties was eradicated many years ago because of the cooties vaccina vaccination or the, the cootie shot, the circle, circle, dot, dot. But people aren't using it as often anymore. People are choosing not to. People are choosing not to circle, <laughs> circle, dot, dot. And I, I find it astounding. It's, it's in more educated neighborhoods and demographics, which I find deeply ironic. Well, they've been so far removed from from cooties. That, you know, they think that it doesn't exist anymore and they shouldn't have to, to, to circle, circle, dot, dot. Um, they, they have not known the scourge that is cooties. <laughs> the playground was once littered with bodies because of uh, some violent cooties outbreak. How, how soon we forget, Frank? What else can, what else can we do to ward off preteens? I know that we talked about dad jokes recently uh, as far as, you know, a manager saying lots of really bad dad jokes. Um, but I think this is, you know, you could take that guy, hire them into this office. And I, I think you would still have the preteens there, but they would be, they would all be on like long-term disability from all the eye rolling that their eyes would get stuck in the back of their heads. He's not the hero we deserve. <laughs> But in this single instance, <laughs> I feel bad about the things I said about him then, because I was, I was harsh. I was harsh on the dad joke boss. And I, I apologize. Um, it, he was just the wrong tool for that job, but he's the right tool for this job. Tool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I, I'm, we are dangerously close to revealing how out of touch we are with <laughs> with like with with 15 year olds right now um because you you have you have younger kids sure but i i'm i'm wondering how hip they are are it's, it's got to be something to do with Fortnite and dabbing and uh -huh. the flossing i i don't get the flossing but but those are but those are all things that they like i know so, so how can we how can we turn what they like into a repellent we have to we have to start doing it, Derek. <laughs> you must floss now, Derek. <laughs> Get up and floss as hard as you can. I'm doing it. We, I'm flossing. I can feel it becoming uncool. <laughs> All the coolness is being sucked out of flossing right now, Derek. Everywhere in the world, fifteen year olds are they, they feel a disturbance in the floss. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I I feel ashamed because I did actually get up and attempt to floss, and I feel I got it once. Like it didn't continue, but I feel like I started okay. 
I'm too I'm there... too uncoordinated. I've seen it. I just end up hitting myself in the junk. It's uh... <laughs> there was there was a moment where the fear entered my mind, but I I was I was deft enough to not. I'm glad you pushed through it, Derek. I'm glad that you had the bravery where I did not to throw yourself on that grenade and make flossing terminally uncool. <laughs> See, I you know normally we we talk about. We we give out advice on suggestions, but I think in this case, this is the first time we have actively participated in solving this problem, and that 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 gives me a warmth that I was not expecting. It might be the exertion from getting up and doing something physical. I might just be out of breath. But because but of Derek's sacrifice, now now that listener can floss in his office, and that will <laughs> repel all the children he works with. I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a better answer than that. I think we have nailed it 100%. <laughs> and while I try to catch my breath. Wait, shit. I'm the one who reads the issues from the internet. Oh no. <laughs> I can't catch my breath. You have to power on, Derek. <laughs> no. Just just know that my respect for you has <laughs> reached <laughs> the plateau. Can't even finish the fucking sentence without, without cracking up. All right. So this issue is entitled "How to Not Be So Self Conscious at the Gym" by internet introverts. All of them. All of the inter- internet introverts have sent us this question. All of us banded together, Derek, and asked this question. <laughs> so I just joined a brand new gym and have been working out there for about a week or so. I didn't always have a great workout routine, uh, but I'm trying to fix that. One thing is that I feel very self-conscious about myself at the gym. I have some social anxiety, so I get anxious about these things. Any advice? I don't know, man. You're going to have to field this one. They've been at the gym a week, which is approximately seven days longer than I have stuck with any gym program ever. I, I will admit that this is certainly... Certainly one of my many problems. Um, I mean, I being at the gym, I consider problem number one. But number two is being in a gym with other people. Um, when I first started working out, we were in a gym of, you know, many people coming in and out. Uh, it was kind of a, a, a semi-personal training gym. And so there would probably be other like, like 10 clients in there doing their own workouts. And it was a fairly small gym. So like, there's a lot of like waiting for people to get off of the the machines and stuff like that. Um, that created some very, uh, very weird, awkward moments where like somebody is like doing some like big exertion on a, a, an uncomfortable looking machine. And then they have to stand up from the machine and make eye contact with the person that's, that's waiting and then go on about their business. That is that is a a terrible and an awful thing. I just died inside thinking about that. It's awful. Like like there there needs to be a way to to pretend like there's nobody else at the gym. And I know I'm probably kind of like going directly uh directly past all the other funny things we could say, but I too am getting anxiety from thinking about <laughs> the times in which I have to lock eyes with people after doing something awkward at the gym. So, how how do we get it to where we can pretend like there is nobody else at the gym? If I can crack this, Derek, if we can crack this, I can go to the gym. And if I can go to the gym, I don't know. I, I can increase my <laughs> lifespan by like three weeks. Maybe. I've eaten a lot of bacon, Derek. I've eaten a lot of bacon. I don't know well, see, if anything can thing. help. That's the thing. I I am curious uh, if, if your, your family that had this pork related problem had ever like tried like working out to like, I don't know, rid yourself through the pores of some of these, uh, built up like <laughs> pork histamines or something. And, uh, you know, maybe release some of it through working out and were able to eat pork again. That is a, an experiment that I think is worth doing to be honest. Like as much as I will, I will, I will not recommend people work out like, this is not this is not working out for working out's sake. This is working out with a pork purpose. 
But how do we how do we get in there, Derek, without like all the people will see us? <laughs> so my my first inclination, and we can kind of like spitball from here, but uh there should be a way to do it with all the lights completely off. Like complete darkness. <laughs> I mean, I can I can feel the 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 trepidation there already, because because there there's there's also some like touching base incidents that may cause more more awkwardness. And yeah, we don't want that. I might reach out and touch a sweaty thing, Derek, <laughs> <laughs> or in turn be touched. <laughs> you know, I was concerned about the sexual harassment parts of that, but you did raise a more important point of. I don't want to to touch another sweaty person. Like <laughs> that is the long and short of it. Even if I touch them on like, you know, a hand or something, don't don't want that sweat. Don't care for it. And and right. how am I going to be able to tell if my form is correct? I think that's a thing that people who work out worry about, right? Yes, and that is completely irrelevant. Um it, it's important if it weren't for the fact that that you're more focused on not having people see you like y- you got to give up something, but, but y- you have a valid point. So let, let's, let's walk it back a little bit from there. If we can't do total darkness, can we do maybe some like horse blinders or something? I, I think there's promise in that. Cause I was, I was thinking along the same direction. I was like, what if I had some glasses and then I just like, I can't see out of those glasses, but then I take those glasses <laughs> off. Okay. But at the same time, I think that just it, it increases the problem because then everyone else can see me stumbling around in the dark, and that just I don't right. think that helps solve anything. I mean, you would assume that that everyone would would be would be granted a pair of these things. Like, it's not just a you problem. Like, this is something that the entire gym would have to implement. Like, let's go ahead and just, say that the liability waivers are there's not enough paper. For all the liability waivers that ha- would have to be signed. I mean, my my question is, is how is that much different practically than complete darkness? Because people just can't see. Like, that's that's the main problem. Like, we have to, we have to allow people a way to see some things, but not see me at the gym. How can we allow that? What about, what about hospital curtains? Ooh, I like that a lot. I, I go to the, I go to the station where the workout equipment thing is. The the chest presser five thousand. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Name another one. The leg flexor. <laughs> the mighty pull machine. You know, it's it's like you were there. It's like you've been going to the gym the whole time. You got them. You got all three of them. Those are the three machines. Those are those are the main three machines. <laughs> and then around each of them is like a little curtain on a track. And then you just you you close the curtain, and then you work out, and no one can see your shame. See, I, I you know honestly, when we started, like I I was concerned because I didn't think that any answer would exist, but. You know, the, the, you know, the whole purpose of those privacy curtains in the hospital is so that people can't like, you know, peep in or like disturb your privacy. And honestly, like what there, there are only a couple of or a few situations in which privacy is is as important as at the gym, like in the restroom, maybe in the hospital. And, you know, obviously during some sort of like sexual activity <laughs> um while eating gym. a cheesesteak sandwich food-based things yes uh regardless of anything else food base is also you know i'm thinking we're thinking too small like we we've been talking about privacy around like the the gym equipment which it certainly needs to be that would solve a problem um uh, more to think about it i do a lot of shameful shit like <laughs> this a lot of things that I don't want people to see me do. Like your mention of cheesesteaks is is a valuable thing that 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 
I don't want to see, like we talked about it before, uh, I don't want people to see me getting face fucked by a Subway sandwich. Like, so the solution here, Derek, is we're going to have to build a contraption that mm-hmm. you carry around that has your privacy curtain for you. It's a, it's a mobile privacy curtain that mm-hmm. you carry around. The only, the only problem I see with this is that it will be very heavy, and for you to carry it around all day, you're, you're going to have to go work out <laughs> and get strong enough to do so. <laughs> I mean, look, we, I get it. I, I understand that like in order to provide maximum privacy, it does need to have some heft to it, but we're looking for, for, for complete adoption here. Uh, we are looking for a hundred percent utilization across the entirety of at least, at least the country. I would say the world, um, so we we have to make it to where even the flimsiest or lazy of us or laziest of us can use this. I mean, do we just throw a tarp over ourselves? I can with eye I can, holes cut out like a like a bad <laughs> ghost costume sheet. <laughs> See, there we go. There we go. That's that's cheap on materials. Uh that does what we wanted. Uh nobody can tell that it's you. Um, it would mostly obscure the things that you were doing. So you could, you know, just completely go to town on that cheesesteak, um, or, you know, go to town on the chest destroyer 4,000, um, whatever your purview is. Um, so, okay. Actually, let me ask this. Is it important that everybody adopt this or, (laughs) or can you just adopt this on a person by person basis? Because it does what you want. I think it has to be, it's for yourself, really. You know, some people want to be seen. Mm -hmm. They're sick monsters and we call them extroverts. (laughs) But other people don't. The only only other option, I think, is that we all learn to love our bodies, Derek. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I couldn't keep a straight face for that one either. Uh, I mean, that, that is the better answer, but until that happens, the mobile privacy tarp is, is the second best option. I think we can do better than mobile, mobile privacy tarp. Shame protection field. Mm. It's not bad, but it's not quite catchy enough. The secret sheet. Ooh, that's, that sounds salacious. Uh, let's see. The curtain of human interaction protection. Chip. Why are we back at chips again, Derek? You know I can't have them. (laughs) You know, that that sounds intentional, but I really just kind of backed up into that joke. (laughs) I'm starting to rub off on you. You're becoming a monster. Gross. (laughs) Jesus Christ (laughs) Uh, I think we better punch the clock Before we get in trouble Uh, Let's do so Alright before we go uh, Send us thine questions We We had some fun today With some questions didn't we Frank We did we have fun with questions From the audience but without Audience questions We can't have fun so with with only a donation of one question per month, if if everyone if everyone listening gives a question every month, we would have at least three questions per month. Through the eyes of an angel. <laughs> if you didn't, I was about to start singing Sarah McLaughlin. Oh my god. Um, yeah, so send us a questions to, uh, questions at WLICast.com and we will, we will read them and we'll make lots of funny with them. We probably won't make fun of you. Probably. I mean, we will. It, it's, there's almost a 100% chance we are going to just roast you. 
Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron. Uh, you'll also get some cool swag to show off your WLI pride or WLI shame. I should change that in my notes. It should be, <laughs> should be WLI shame. Um, they can be proud. We are all proud people here at Work Life and Balance, Derek. <laughs> I guess you can be proud of, of your shamefulness. Do they get stickers, Derek? <laughs> uh, also, check out our website at WLICast.com, where you'll find links to our social media, merch store, and work-life and balance-related news. And please do us a solid and tell your friends about the show. You'll instantly be more popular with your coworkers or your money back. Or, <laughs> at the very least, we will appreciate that you tried. This has been the Work-Life and Balance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. I think I will consume some bacon in your honor. Thank you, Derek. I'll I'll take a piece of it and throw it on the floor. <laughs> Just Out of respect. A BLT for our homies who can't anymore. <laughs> Just fistfuls of pork roast. <laughs>